Your mental health is your dopest self But you don't have to tend to it by yourself Get a tribe, get inspired, then you'll get ahead Get someone to talk to, don't keep it bottled in You're beautifully human, you should remember this So it's okay for you to feel emotions At times we all need to clear our heads And when you do, just holler at Therapy by Meg And welcome to another episode of Let's Discuss. I am so excited. I almost almost giving it away. I'm like, oh, let me tell you all about this person who's coming and how I know her. But I'm going to ask her how we know each other in just a moment. But I want to introduce you all to Natalie Knox. She is a top producing real estate agent in Toronto and the greater Toronto area, a passionate and previously internationally ranked equestrian, which I am from the greater Louisville, Kentucky area. So we will be discussing horses um, and has a bachelor's degree in English from York University. She's also an avid reader, snowboarder. Again, we will be discussing an animal lover. Welcome, welcome our good friend, Natalie Knox. Hey, how's it going? Hi, it's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me. We've ventured north to Canada once again, and I'm so excited about it. <laughs> the balmy, I think we're actually above zero today. So huge. Yeah. That it's is been huge. minus 24. It's been minus 24 most of this winter. So oh my suffering. gosh. <laughs> yeah. We've been we've been beautiful sunny California weather to nine inches of snow to back to California weather to I mean we've been all over the place. This week we are at um we're at 70 and my math is not good enough to be able to do whatever somebody else with faster math can tell you. I think it's like in the teens or in the teens. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe 18. Yeah. yeah. So I was, <laughs> was saying 18, but I, yep. nobody hired me to do math skills. So anyway, <laughs> um, yes, finally enjoying some nicer weather today. Today is the first day of March that we are recording this. It will not be the day that we drop this. So um, anyway, Natalie, how do we know each other? So um, I listened to your episode um, with Michelle from yes. My Mind, Body, Baby. Yes. Um, and I've worked with Michelle a little bit. She's helped me with like a nutrition plan for fertility. Um, yes. And she's absolutely great. And she shared your podcast. And then I got into hers and I was like, this is so good. And then I listened to more and more. <laughs> I've like passed it on to my friends now. I passed it on to my friends with kids. I passed it on to my sister who's gone through some trauma stuff. Um, and then I reached out to you and I said, Hey, like you're awesome. And thank <laughs> you so much. Like, I'm so glad you've done these episodes. They've been so helpful. Um, and then, you know, you asked me if I had an idea and I did. <laughs> and here yes. I am. <laughs> yes. I, so I guess that could be a, I, I hope it's a positive um message to everyone perhaps a warning that if you do dm me with an idea i might just ask you to come on and talk about it yourself so, <laughs> so hopefully that's a positive thing because i i just want to meet more and more people and expand the reach and be able to share people's stories so i really appreciate i'm so grateful that you did um and so 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 happy of that because i this is a topic that i don't have as much information on myself um, and I am, I think it, it needs to be discussed. We need more resources. We need more conversations out there. So here's us doing our part for it. So Natalie, what, what are we talking about today? Okay. So I reached out to Meg and I said, okay, here's like my thought. Um, how about body positivity, um, when you've dealt with a chronic illness? So mm -hmm. I've, was diagnosed with Hashimoto's June, 2019. I was dealing with it earlier without a diagnosis. Um, it was years um, of struggling with doctors, trying to figure out what's wrong, telling everybody I don't feel right. And everyone's like, well, you look good. Um, so you know, how do you feel good about yourself when you don't trust your body anymore? Um, mm -hmm. And I think, you know, body positivity, we've gone down like the health at every size road. Um, absolutely, I support that, that's great. Um, but it doesn't add in the body portrayal. Right. <laughs> the portrayal part is I'm like, I don't trust you. And how do we move forward? Mm -hmm. You know, it's really hard. Absolutely. And I, I already, you, you said so many things that popped into my mind of like, well, you look fine. <laughs> and I know, I know a lot of people want to be able to offer advice or fix or solve like, well, have you tried or just wait until or da da da. But it's like, 
just relax. Yeah. Just oh, relax. Don't, what, yes, the fertility conversation too. Like, what have you said? Yeah. Just relax. And then oh, it totally works. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Even the like, oh, it'd be like, oh, you have to manage your stress. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't I'm like, I feel terrible. I feel like I can't get up. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, like, please, come on. Yeah. It's hard. And it's one of those things where, like, I know for me, Okay, like I'm wearing my makeup today because I knew I was coming on video. Sure. Yeah. But I, you know, when I go to my doctor, I want to control every single thing I can control. Yeah. It might take me, you know, I'm out of the really bad time, but it used to take like an hour and a half to really get myself even dressed, looking sort of okay. Yeah. Um, put mascara on. Um, and you know, then you go to your doctor, they're like, oh, well, you put your makeup on. I'm like, well, it's not. I'm trying to control this, you know, yeah. I, everything else is out of control. So I'm going to like, I'm going to take what I can. And today it's my makeup. <laughs> so play, yes. I don't, this should work against me. You should trust what I'm saying about my symptoms, you know? So that, that's another thing. I'm like, Oh no, I don't, I know I look good, but <laughs> I feel terrible. And my face is actually like two times the size of its normal self. It's swollen. I, I chiseled this. <laughs> I contoured today. <laughs> Look at this lovely contour job with my bronzer. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I'm like, no, it's yes. just contour. It took me two hours. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's, it's frustrating when people don't trust you to be the expert in your own life and on your own body. And certainly you are not the expert. You're not an epidemiologist and you're not the expert on Hashimoto's, but but also, you know how you feel and how dismissive that can be when you go in and try to explain something and they're like, oh, you're fine. Just take a nap. Oh, you, but your makeup looks so good. Like, yeah. Self-care. Oh, you're at, I was told, um, well, you're at 150% all the time. So why don't you scale it back to 80? Because everyone else is at 80. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know what 80 is. I'm right. not my normal is, I guess, 150 in your eyes. Uh-huh. I don't really, know. I don't know what that means. Right. Uh, and I don't know what scaling back to 80 looks like, but right now I feel like I'm not getting anything done. So, right. you know, going down to like 80 doesn't sound like anything. This <laughs> sounds really bad. <laughs> right. Well, and I just think that this is an arbitrary scale too. Like what is, Wait, a, isn't it? Truly. Yeah. So define what 150 is. And then what would you like me to cut out of my life that will bring me to whatever you yes. feel is appropriate, which is an 80. Right? Like, what am I dropping? I don't, I don't really know. It's like the wheels are already falling off the bus. I'm going to just drop more. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that's interesting too, because the things that we do, when you said control the things that you can, when everything else is out of control, it's what that looks like to us, but what it looks like to other people, you feel like the wheels are falling off the bus and people say you're at a 150. And so it's like, right. But I'm trying to explain to you how I feel again. And when people are, it's just being dismissed over and over again in all these different ways of, oh, well, you're wearing makeup. Oh, you're doing too much. And it's like, that's the thing that I can do to make myself hang on to the sense of balance that I feel like I had enacted in my life. And that's so difficult to just be like, "Ah!" just dismissed. Well, exactly. And I'm like, okay, like the thing, what am I going to cut? Like, you know, I I said, I ride horses. Okay, I'm going to cut the horses out. Is that going to be like the only outlet? Do we just get rid of that? Is that what we're saying? Like right. work, I have to work. I have no choice. I have to make a living. Yes. You know, there's so many things. I'm like, so what, where, where do we cut? Do I like, you know, I'd never see my friends again. It's been COVID. Let's get real. I haven't seen, haven't been seeing sure. my friends, but before <laughs> yeah. that, you know, do I drop my social life, which I did for a while. Cause I really didn't feel well, but mm-hmm. you know, where does the ball drop? <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know. You know, it's those, the, the numbers make no sense. Don't, don't give me a scale. <laughs> I couldn't, I could not agree more. I mean, I really, you know, it's interesting. So I, I do solution focused brief therapy and sometimes I will hold up like a line for a scale. Like, so on this line from here to here, where do you feel like you are? And I don't like to use numbers. I don't like, cause it, everything is so personal. And so I'll say like, where do you feel like you are and where do you, why there and not lower, right? So you're talking about the things that you've done to accomplish getting there. And the idea of just being like, well, you're going at 150% and you only need to be going at an 80. And um, it's very, very specific. <laughs> very, I, okay, so I'm going to change my life to accommodate how you feel like I should be doing. And so then magically my Hashimoto is going to be healed. I suppose we'll go, we'll be healed. 
No, I heard something recently and it was, um, this is like a semi tangent, same scale thing, but um, it's about your pain. So if you ever tell a doctor what your pain is, uh-huh. um, they give you one to a 10. Um, uh-huh. And I was listening, I think it was a podcast and this girl was like, well, I just heard a story about someone getting dragged behind a truck for one mile. So I figured that was a 10. <laughs> and my pain is like a three then. <laughs> so she was like a horrible pain. And she told Emerge that it was a three. And I'm uh-huh. like, okay, this, like, we can't do scales. <laughs> Drop the scale. Just <laughs> you have to right? listen to what people say to you. <laughs> and, and it is so relative. And I, I, do, I do enjoy some perspective, right? So yes, I do not feel like I've been dragged behind a truck. So there's that. And also relative to a day where I didn't experience any pain, I'm at a nine or, you know, or whatever that person's number might've been, but it is, it's all relative and it's all, it's all true to you in that moment. And there's, so that's what is important is being able to, and it's tough because we don't feel empowered to advocate for ourselves to say, stop infantilizing me, stop ignoring me, please validate what I'm saying. And this is, this is a real issue. I feel run down. I feel in pain and, or whatever it might be. And, um, so that's obviously we continue to try to encourage people to feel that empowerment, but it's, it's not been the way that we've operated before. No. And I think too, like mentioning that um, I was like, okay, when you've had a chronic illness, when you're younger, uh-huh. um, you know, in your twenties, you're sort of transitioning to adulthood sure. and you're still in that time where, you know, what someone who's older than you and in a position of power says that goes. So, you know, learning to even not even like question it or say, Hey, can you give me more information of why learning how to do that? Like that self-advocacy takes, it's a learning curve. Um, I wish it wasn't, (laughs) I wish you were just listened to right off the bat. And there are doctors that do. But right, right. You know, it's it's just when you in court when you get it to someone that isn't really listening, then you're like, okay, what do I do next? Um, and even I don't know if I should get into this right now, but we have public health care in Canada, uh-huh. um, so we're sort of we're bound to whatever specialist we've been referred to. We have a six month wait, and then if we don't like them, getting to someone else is a six month wait. So. It, that part becomes hard too, where like sure. you're trying to navigate this whole thing yourself and there's wait times constantly. Just mm-hmm. like, you can't just get in and get treated. You have to, to wait. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Wait. <laughs> well, and that's really funny that I'm not, it's not funny. It's a, it's a coincidence that you brought that up because in my mind, I was like, and for like, for those people in the United States, we have it, the, who have the privilege to be able to be like, I don't like you. I'm firing you. I'm going somewhere else. And there are still wait lists here, even with privatized medic, um, privatized insurance sometimes. Um, and that's not even the case for some people who have other barriers like transportation, or of course, certainly those people who don't have any insurance at all. And they can only go to the, the county place that's in walking distance or whatever. And so it's like, that's the only person who's there and they're dismissing you. And it's like, well, where else can we go? Um, whereas I have absolutely in my fertility journey fired two different obstetricians and gynecologists. gynecologists. One of them told me that I was, right. Yeah. See, uh, one of them told me that I was, uh, barely pregnant and thank goodness I was barely pregnant when I had my, that was my second miscarriage. And I was like, yeah, so we're done here. Yeah, we're done. But again, Right. The, the, it's fascinating to me that people who are working, working in an obstetric setting, you'd be surprised or maybe not surprised at all. Like there are people who do not have empathy and they're like, get over it. It's fine. Move on. Um, so it's interesting that you said that about what's going on in Canada, because in the United States, we have we have our own issues, but then separately in other ways around as well. And yeah, so it's like I already waited six months and I got here and this person was like, yeah, you're fine. And it's like, but I'm not fine. So then where do I even go? Yeah. Now what? Here? And- and like we we do have some private like I think Cleveland Cleveland Clinic is here. Uh-huh, um, yeah, it's you know we're we're used to public. We're really right. it's expensive. Private sure. is so expensive. You guys know you know it's it's yeah. so expensive. So like that's it's a it's daunting. It's yeah. really daunting. Or and I've known people that have actually gone to the U.S. for treatment because they don't get anywhere here. You just hit a wall. Yeah. Um, 
Yes. And again, I mean, that's that, and that's not an option for everybody, right? Like literally leaving the country and going to another one to try to fly to my doctor's appointment. Yeah. It's generally not how it goes here. We all just yeah. wait, just wait and wait and wait. Yeah. Um, so, and that's tough. So it is, it's one of those things where it's, I, I do try to encourage, I do it myself too. I'll have a whole list of questions to talk to a doctor about, and then I'll get in the room. And I, like I said, I have no problem. I have no problem firing providers, um, but I, so most of my providers who I have are, are pretty nice, or I feel I get a pretty good vibe from, and I'll even be like, okay, well, I don't want to take up too much time, and I, I don't want to ask too many questions, so I'll just, I'll just ask these three questions, and then another four I can, uh, yeah, that's fine, it's not a big deal, and even I do that, and I'm literally sitting here on a podcast preaching and espousing the virtues of having the empowerment to be able to do that, so it is getting to a space where we continue to feel comfortable to take up space. It's your time to be able to have these questions. It's your space to be able to be the expert on your own body and advocate for yourself as, as much as you're able to. Um, yeah. So, I mean, how has that been going for you in terms of working with your providers for your diagnosis? Okay. So I'll give you like my rundown of how yeah. this all happened and went down. We'll go that way because yeah. it's been uh, rocky, <laughs> yeah. rocky road. So, yeah. um, this is something in hindsight, I've definitely had my whole life. Um, so even when I was like four or five, six, my mom actually got my thyroid tested. Um, mm -hmm. She was like, I feel like something's not right because we all eat the same and Nat's gaining weight. And you know, my younger sister was like maintaining. Um, but right. then I would wildly go down again. So, but with no changes. So my weight would fluctuate like my entire teenage life, just fluctuating, nothing changes. But I was like, oh, this is just how my body is. I just gain weight easily. Um, but then there'd be times where I would just lose weight easily. So really confusing. But, you know, we talked to doctors about it. Everyone said, you're fine, you're normal. Let's go see a nutritionist. Um, we did that. It was, you know, it was okay. Um, but then in my 20s, um, my mom had a chronic pain syndrome. Um, and I became her full-time caregiver. So I was in school. Um, I was in university. Um, and my Monday to Friday was take care of my mom or go to school. Um, I did, I had my horse. So actually I would ride. That was my only time for me. Um, and otherwise I pretty much sat by my mom's bedside for like six, eight hours a day. Um, wow. Just cause she needed company and she was in horrible pain and that's what I did. So that was really stressful. <laughs> and um, all the have, so my doctor at the time, so that's, I started having symptoms at the same time um, more so than just weight gain and weight loss. Um, and I started getting really depressed and really anxious. Mm -hmm. um, and my family doctor, <laughs> sorry, Otis. <laughs> anyway, so my family doctor at the time, hope he settles down. I think he's good. So my family doctor at the time. Oh no, we're not done, Odie. Hey, I, I have to say everyone on this podcast, hopefully is some sort of animal lover as we discussed yeah. that you are, I am. So we are happy to have Odie part of the, part of the pod. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so my family doctor at the time was also my mom's doctor. So yeah, she knew what was happening at home. Um, and I said to her, I said, you know, I'm feeling anxiety. I've never been anxious before. I'm feeling really depressed. Um, I'm not sure like what to do, but I feel like I need help. Um, and she said, well, I think it's time for you to move out. <laughs> and ah. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm in school and my mom's really sick and that's not really an option right now. Um, do you have any other suggestions? Uh -huh. um, and she was like, no, I think, you know, you just need to relax. It will be fine. That oh my gosh why is that everyone like no. that is not a medical yeah. response it's i know no. i'm no. obviously a, i'm a mental health provider i do believe in the power of reducing your anxiety and your responses to stress obviously yes and does not cure hashimoto does no. not fully cure fertility anyway sorry go ahead you know we haven't even got like i hadn't even got there yet i was like okay yeah. like I need help and you are shutting me down. And it's really hard when you have that much stress at home uh -huh. and you don't feel good and you ask for help and you get shut down. And I think I was like 23 or 24. I was like, okay, you know what? Bench this, bench me, bench my problems. My mom is sick. These people can't help me. I need to figure this out. So I ended up um, 
I did bench it. It got benched for three years and I was sort of really, my mental health was not good. Um, it was like slowly just declining and I was, I was really depressed and I was getting anxiety. Like my friend would text me and be like, Oh, do you want to hang out this weekend? And I, I would hear the ding and be like, Oh my God. So like, I was really just on edge. Um, and it was just from dealing with my mom and then un unknowingly, I didn't know it was also my thyroid issues. Um, but then oh, I'm trying to think of how this went. Um, it ended up the way I got diagnosed. So I started going on a slow downhill. Um, I got engaged. We're getting married. I remember I got my wedding dress fitting mm -hmm. really good. Buying dress eight months later, I come in dress doesn't fit. I've gained 20 pounds out of nowhere. I was like, oh, this is weird. Um, whatever, get married. I was really, really tired for my whole wedding. I remember being exhausted. Um, and then we went on our honeymoon and I could not get up. Oh I was God. I was sleeping the entire time. Like it was brutal. I was also, oh, I went on, um, you know what? I skipped a step here. No, hold on. I skipped something. <laughs> Let's go back in time. Yeah. I, went to my, I changed doctors. Um, I asked my, I had the same physiotherapist. I ride horses, so I have lots of injuries. Um, <laughs> I asked my physiotherapist, do you have a doctor's suggestion? And she actually sent me to one of her best friends, um, which I was so grateful for. So I went to that doctor. I said, Hey, uh, I have anxiety. I am feeling really depressed. What do we do? Um, and she put me on antidepressants. Great. Um, so I started an antidepressant. Um, she gave me any, any anxiety meds for if I needed them. Um, and that did level me off quite a bit. It wasn't a fix. Um, but I was going to therapy. I was doing the work feeling pretty good. And I go, go on my honeymoon, I'm crashing. And then the whole year, so my honeymoon, I got married June, 2018. Mm -hmm. By June, 2019, I was just like, Phew. and we were talking about having kids. So I was like, I'm on an SSRI. I yeah. have to get off it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I started to put my dosage down and every time I changed my dose, I would have a new symptom. Um, so I would put it down. I would get more tired. I started shaking anytime I had any adrenaline, I would like physically start to shake. Oh, wow. Um, and then my emotional, like I couldn't regulate myself. So normally like I'm pretty cool, <laughs> pretty cool. I'm not, I would say non-reactive. Um, sure. and I just, uh, I'm usually like this. And then, um, I was fluctuating wildly. Like I would get angry, I was crying constantly. Um, I remember my husband was like, no, are you okay? Like, you know, you just, well, I just lost it on me for a cup of coffee spilling, you know, right. and then I'd cry and you'd be like, are you sure you're okay? And then, yeah. um, anyway, eventually my therapist is actually the one who said, you need to figure this out. Like something's okay. wrong. Um, she was like, I've never seen you like this before. I've been working with her for I think five years. Um, and she's like, you have to figure this out. This isn't right. Um, you know, like you need to call your doctor today. She said, when yeah. you get, when you get off this call with me, you're calling your doctor. So I called my doctor, we went and ran blood work and lo and behold, my thyroid was like not working. Um, so that blood work came back and then she tested my antibodies for Hashimoto's and they were like through the roof. Um, so I was like, okay, cool, good. We have a diagnosis, now what? Right. <laughs> yeah, great. I was like, cool, That's, that was really awful. I had these terrible symptoms uh, and now what do we do? So I'm pretty lucky. Um, my doctor, she has Hashimoto's. So, wow. Yeah, I'm really lucky. So, um, somebody who can actually empathize. Yes. With... And knows what's going on yes. and knows how to treat. Um, that was really, really lucky. Um, and she said the first thing we ended up doing, it's so hard with autoimmune. Um, and this is where Michelle, with her, like my mind body baby, uh -huh. she, her diet stuff is really close to what I already do. Um, so the Hashimoto's, my doctor said to me, like, this is how I've handled my own. This is what the research has shown. Diet is so important. Right. Um, so, you know, I've just had this diagnosis and she's like, okay, it's time to go gluten-free and dairy-free. Um, and anything else that you want to cut out, like you should probably do the, uh, I think it's the autoimmune protocol is what it's called. Should the autoimmune protocol. Um, and so that's, you do like no, um, no nightshades, no soy, no beans, like a massive lift you do like no yeah. light sugar you do like only like maple syrup honey um so I remember so I've just been diagnosed I'm trying to wrap my head around that and I can't eat anything <laughs> so, so I remember being like 
oh my god i can't eat i don't know like i have no idea what's happening i feel terrible um yeah. and then this is like the more autoimmune my immune system was so run down i had um mono for the second time mm-hmm. so i've just been wow. diagnosed and then i had an epstein bar flare um so i was just like leveled so i'm trying to figure out what to eat and i went so downhill in like two weeks and i was like literally on the couch for four months um, oh, wow today's episode of let's discuss with meg duke is supported by Mamenda. My fellow pumping and chest feeding parents out there know, priority one is support and function when it comes to nursing bras. Actually, it's really priorities one through seven, but in that eighth spot, tough to find in my many years journey, has been something exceedingly comfortable and stylish, and Mamanda has fulfilled all those requirements. Specially designed clips and straps are so helpful for easy access to feature little ones. Experts recommend nursing bras that are designed to support that extra weight and increase size of your breasts as milk start to build in them. And these beautiful fabrics and colors, honestly, they put a little extra bounce in my step when I put them on each morning. Check them out at mominda underscore bras on Instagram, us.mominda.cc for my listeners in the States, and shop.mominda.cc for my international listeners. Be sure to use code Let's Discuss for discounts on all your purchases. And that was those things. I'm like, okay, like I'm trying to tell my friends what's going on with me and they don't really like know what to do. I yeah. don't really know what to do. You know, my mom, she'd fortunately been through a chronic pain syndrome. So she sort of knew what having something chronic was. That's all recovered now as well. But she, um, she was like, okay, well, I'll come bring you food, which was really good. Don't get me wrong. Like I wasn't cooking for myself. Um, my husband was like picking up everything. He picked up yeah. everything, but like, what do what do we do and where do you get support? And like, I had, my friends were just like deer in headlights, you know, yeah. they're, busy too. they're busy too. So like, you know, I'd be like, can you just come say hi. And um, yeah. actually this dog, our lovely, my lovely dog that's barking. Um, I ended up, getting, <laughs> I got him a week before I got diagnosed. Um, and he ended up being like a saving grace because I would take him out for 15 minutes. That was my wow. outing. Yeah. Uh, and I'd come back and go back to sleep. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So there was four months of that. So that was wow. really tough. Yeah. Oh and my then gosh. Getting out of that. So like we did the diet change. Um, my doctor actually, and I, I don't know if this is, I don't know. So she didn't want to send me to an endocrinologist because, um, number one, there was a eight to 10 month wait at the time. Um, and she said, this is what I'm scared of. They're going to tell you that this isn't curable. Um, they won't tell you to do any of the diet stuff. Um, and I think they're going to just dose you really high. And I think we can manage this sort of naturally, like East meets West. We can do some naturopathic stuff, sure. but we can also like, you know, modern medicine, which we are doing. I am on thyroid medication, but, um, we'll come my, my antibodies are down to six now and the scale is zero to 50. Uh-huh. And I was at like an 88 when I got diagnosed. So the oh, diet did really help. Um, but the diet's not the cure-all like my thyroid, what damage has been done has been done. I'm still on medication. Um, and then even it's been so hard. (laughs) So even, right. So going further. So I was four months on the couch. I started to feel a little bit better. Um, I'm also self-employed. So I like, wasn't working, like nothing was happening. Like, well, I was going to ask, in Canada, do you all have like disability services that if you have these diagnoses? because I'm self-employed no so if I was if I worked for someone um, or or independent contractor with real estate so if I if I worked for someone I would have been able to go on like a sick leave a stress leave my husband's job he could have done it um but for me it was like okay like well you're on your own yeah we have some benefits that you can pay into but same like I'm self-employed I don't have I'm a one person so I don't pay into anything it's like rely on your savings um which was very difficult there wasn't much savings we were just starting out like we just got married um so I was down for four months and then the medication finally this is the other hard thing with thyroid there's a leg time on the medication starting to work so it's eight to 12 weeks for every change to show. So we just got started. Wow. Um, and then 
I was four months on the couch. <laughs> we were like, we don't know if this is thyroid or Epstein-Barr. We don't know what's happening. But finally, so I sort of started to feel a little bit better, but I still wasn't feeling right. Um, and I had a few appointments with my doctor and I was like, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. And she's like, I don't want to change anything. So I got to the point where I was like, okay, something needs to change. So I started writing letters to my doctor. <laughs> so I think the total was three. I found one of them before I talked to you, I was trying to find them. I did find one, um, but I was like, no. So I wrote her whole thing. I said, these are my symptoms. This is what I'm eating. This is what I feel like. This is what was going on before. This is my symptoms now. Um, yes. This needs to change. So I said, I think I showed up at her office once a week for three or four weeks, um, dropped it off. And then she called me and she said, okay, we're going to change your meds. <laughs> Cause yeah. I still, I wasn't quite right. Like if I went for, if I overdid it and overdoing it was like walking my dog for yes. 20 minutes more than usual, I'd have a headache for three days. I was like, this oh, isn't functional. I was like, yeah. I, I can't do anything. I can't do anything. Like, and my life is, I'm active. So I was like, I can't, there's nothing I do. And then come back to the horses. I have um, this lovely horse, Milo. I've had Milo since he was three. Oh. Um, and my, Milo's, four, I'm 33 now. So this was all like three years ago. Um, I couldn't ride him. I trained yeah. him. He's, he's my guy. Um, but I could not ride him. I was out with my mom one day. My mom rides as well. So we were out together. Uh -huh. Um, and I, I don't know. I think I asked him to canter. Uh -huh. Um, and too strong for me. I'd lost all my strength. I lost all my muscle tone. Wow. Um, and I was just like flopping, flopping around. And like, like oh, I said, wow. I was previously international. Ranked. I am, I'm an amateur. Don't like, I'm not a professional. I am an amateur. I sure. did some international level stuff. I can't, I can't compete with the big guys, but yeah. I can hold my own. Um, sure. But, but, you know, for me to not be able to ride a horse that I trained and is now like, he was, he was 11 at the time. I've had him since he was a three-year-old. Um, so I was with my mom. I asked him to canter. Basically like, I basically lost control of my body. It like, wasn't working and I'm going to oh. get like thrown off my horse. He's so powerful. Um, mm -hmm. And I just got off and like sobbed. Just sure. Sobbed. My mom was like, what's happening? I'm like, I can't ride this horse. I can't. So they ended up, the horses just had time off. I was like, I can't do anything. They're sorry guys. Like I can't yeah. ride you. Um, and we have to figure this out. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. It was all. Yeah. And to have all of that happen at such a young age and to go from being, I mean, I know you mentioned even like as young as six that you were recognizing some changes, but then more and more symptoms coming on with, you know, Hashimoto's thyroiditis and um, I did want to mention, if anybody's not aware of what Epstein-Barr is, it's the virus that causes mono, which you mentioned mono, but I wanted to make sure, <clears throat> excuse me, I wanted to make sure everybody linked those together. And then I guess maybe we should describe cantering. So like there's walking, <laughs> then there's trotting, and then there's cantering. So it's like, then there's galloping. So right. So like it's before, yes. it's like, it's not yes. even, it's not even, I mean, yeah. It's like you who have participated in some sort of international level could not canter a horse is like it's a really really big deal it's not like oh i couldn't jump over the six foot wall like well that's a big deal <laughs> that's yeah no, it, was, um, it was i had two coaches separately as well actually say to me probably a month before um they're like nat we don't know why you can't do this you've uh -huh. always been able to do this Right. And I don't understand. And I think like they said it, they're like, I think you need to like look into yourself and <laughs> figure out why you can't do this. <laughs> Cause, yeah. like, Cause there was a, there's a big mental aspect to writing. So I was of like, oh, yeah, maybe I'm like mentally something's going on. I don't know. There's a block. Yeah. Yes. No, physically yeah. could not do it. Physically no, absolutely. Yeah. You know, in another life, I would love to specialize in like sports psychology, sports therapy. And cause there is mental blocks are such a thing. You know, we all heard about Simone Biles having the twisties and um, <clears throat> all of those, excuse me, all of those things are so real. And um, I just, I do find that fascinating. And it's like, is it something that's preventing you or is it, and now you're realizing, no, it's not that I have a, a mental block. It's that I'm genuinely, as you mentioned it's earlier, like being betrayed by my body. Yes. Like no, my muscles gone. Like I had yeah. my list of symptoms was like 40 40 symptoms. It was yeah. insane. Um, and like cold all the time, like just everything that was normal. I was getting heart palpitations. Uh -huh. um, I'm doing like literally nothing. And I was like, cool. All right. I was like previously athletic. And then I'd gained 60 pounds as well. 
Um, uh-huh. So I'm like, well, in six months, I gained 60 pounds, getting heart palpitations from walking yeah. down the stairs. Like, what is happening? Um, Absolutely. So it was good. So I actually, I did my, I wrote my letters. I was feeling better. Yes. Um, and then from there, it's, I would say I've slowly just gotten better and better. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like I don't feel perfect. <laughs> yeah. But it's coming back. And then like going, let's go like, deeper women more women's issues oh this my period was insane it was insane I was actually looking through my notes um and I was having 10 day periods um and they were on 23 day cycles uh-huh yeah so I said to my doctor I was like what and my doctor my period's not right uh-huh. and she's like oh well we'll just go we'll get an ultrasound done um and we actually did um like a endometrium they took a piece out Yes. To check on it. They did a sample to check uh-huh. that it was fine. They're like, no, everything's fine. I'm like, no, it isn't. <laughs> like, nothing's fine here. No. Yes. <laughs> they were wild. So I've been on the up and up and that's no okay. But then, so like literally the day, the first time my numbers came back, absolutely perfect was June, 2021 what year are we in no june 2020 june 2020 yeah <laughs> yeah so june 2020 i have my numbers come back perfect and uh my husband's like okay well, like i guess we should start thinking about having a baby should yeah. try i was like uh okay i just like survived like uh-huh. this horrible thing but yes. yeah sure like let's yeah. do it like we're we need to we have to get on it we're not we're 30 now right yeah. oh yeah so that yeah, that's been even more fun. So <laughs> coming back to your body betraying you and like, I don't trust you. So I've had two miscarriages now. I had one um, last November um, and that was at 14 weeks, um, which is really yeah dating. Yes. Um, and that leveled me. And that really did bring up all of my feelings about my body came up again. I was like, yes. I don't trust you. You're a liar. You don't do what you're supposed to do. Uh-huh. Like, yes. like, like you one job, <laughs> one job. Yes, <laughs> to carry me through this life yes. and to do the yeah. things that I ask you to do within yeah. reason. I mean, I'm not asking to be an Olympic gold medalist no. in a high jump. I just want to be able to, <laughs> you know, canter a horse and have a baby. How dare you? That's it. That's all I want. I want what everyone else is getting. Let's come on, yes. you know? And then I had a second one in March. And I was like, and that fortunately that was a chemical. I'm not going to say it was like so much better, but it was, it was a little better. Yeah. I guess if we're going to, if we're going to say they're okay, it was brutal. Well, it's so, I'm, I'm happy to hear that for you. And I also just want to validate you of like, if you were like, that one was a thousand times worse. Cause I thought, you know, whatever it might be, it's like, it's such an individual thing. And it's so frustrating when people try to say how you should feel about a pregnancy loss. And it's like, <clears throat> excuse me I'm still getting over that um daycare cred from last week <laughs> from my daughter but yeah I mean it is it's so difficult and I mean two miscarriages I'm so sorry to hear about that and it, it goes back to like what you were saying about getting the diagnosis of Hashimoto's it's like well at least now we know kind of what we can do to, to treat it and so now I, you don't want to be diagnosed with anything you want your body to take care of you and then also too, it's like, well, at least now I know maybe what a next step can be. Did they have anything like that for you after your second miscarriage? Um, no. Um, they said, well, it's not your thyroid, <laughs> which, which thyroid does to like, it was, it, I guess it's not my thyroid. Um, like uh-huh. we're, we're trying to figure all that stuff out right now. Um, but no, they didn't really have anything. They said, don't worry about it. We'll send you to an OB um, and you can talk to him, ob Um, So that was a six month wait. <laughs> and then like, here we are again, yeah. yes. Yes, yeah. Then we got in with him and then he's like, I uh, did some blood work, thyroid looks fine. So I'm gonna refer you out again. So uh-huh. I'm gonna refer to the clinic. And then they did in Canada, I don't know how it works with you guys, um, but they did a miscarriage panel um to rule out anything genetic uh-huh. um but you have to have three to do the full panel oh interesting I only had two uh-huh she's so, using massive air quotes for those of you who are listening on the podcast I've only, only two, two is yeah so because i've only had two um they couldn't do the full panel they could just do and i think i still i think i had to pay for it as well i think i'd pay like an extra 250 dollars uh-huh. the so they're like oh well if you have a third one 
you know, no, we can do more. And I'm like, oh. Looking forward to that. Yes. Thank yeah, you. I don't want a third one. I'm done. I'm tapping out. I'm tapping out here. Wow. <laughs> See, now that is really shocking to me. I, I, I'm so glad I had the opportunity to talk to more people from Canada because we in the United States, I don't want to speak for the entire United States, but like the people who I'm around have a very misguided understanding of what socialized healthcare looks like in Canada. Because in my mind, it's like, so we talk about like having to fail substance use, for example, you have to fail like higher, lower levels of care before you can go into higher levels of care. And uh, it's like, so you want somebody to be unsuccessful multiple times before we're going to help them. And it's like, you need to experience another miscarriage, which is such a wildly traumatizing thing, again, on everyone's scale, on everyone's individual, however you want to do it. But like, come on, pregnancy loss is terrible. But go ahead and have one more and then we're going to help you. So but unfortunately, my my doctor was like, I don't agree with this. I, yeah, I don't That's agree with it. But this is this is our protocol. Like unless you want to spend like they're like really intense genetic tests. Like yeah. I remember when I got my blood work done, um, they took like 12 vials and yeah. they actually had like the the phlebotomist. Is that what uh-huh. you call uh-huh. uh-huh. it? Taking your blood. So um one of the like supervisors at the clinic actually came when they were doing this testing. Um, Cause they're like, this is so sensitive. You can't mess it up. I'm going to come watch you. We might have to take a second vial just in case. And I'm like, Oh, why do I have to be here? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, this happening again. I've like just gone through this thyroid thing and I am, I have a bad time and now it's turned into a baby thing. I'm yes. Like, what? <laughs> Like, can this just end? It's like, I don't want yes. my blood taken again. Like for my thyroid, I go every two months to get blood work done. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm just like at the point, I'm just like, yes, here, this is the good vein. Yep, go, which, <laughs> yeah, the right one's the yeah. good one, you know, absolutely. And it's so funny because it's not funny. I keep saying that's funny. It's not funny. It's like devastating. The, re- the body resentment that you experience and the way you've described your body resentment, the way we've, you and I have discussed about like with the first diagnosis and then that translating into fertility and the body resentment that I've experienced that so many people that I work with experience where again, you've said like, I just can't trust, you know, that my body's going to do what I ask it to do. I can't trust it to take care of me and how, you know, sometimes isolating that feels where it's like, especially when you've got people who just can't really relate because they don't understand like that this has not happened to them or they don't understand or, or know what questions to ask. So then sometimes people feel you know, you just kind of feel alone. And yeah. And you say, you sort of say, I'd be like, okay, this is how I'm feeling today. I'm like, I'm so tired. And this happened and this happened and And like, they just go, Oh, Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that change of subject. By the Uh way, I was at the bar this week. I'm like, Oh God. Yeah. I was like, I don't know who to talk to about this because I don't have anyone who's gone through it. You know, it's it's really true. It's so mm-hmm. true. And, you know, I was thinking about that and cause you mentioned earlier too, about like how much movement we're having and body positivity. And, you know, there are lots of different people who have lots of different views on like healthy at every size and, um, and different things about that movement, which is really great in the awareness. And we don't really talk about that as it relates to chronic illness. And so that's kind of our little mission over here right now is trying to figure out like, how do we spread that positivity? How do we spread that message? How do we get a community? How do we rally around each other and make sure that people don't feel isolated and alone? And, you know, I did some Googling before and I'm sure I missed, I'm not a prolific researcher of the Googles, but I looked, you know, the first things that pop up when I Googled USA and Canada, for us, it was the CDC and their list of resources. And if you all have it on post, I'm going to read um, just Canada.ca. And there's a section on chronic diseases. Um, but it wasn't, I mean, it, and of course, Canada and the United States are both so massively large. So if you're in Toronto, maybe you don't want to talk to the people over in you know, Vancouver. But um, another thing that I've actually found to be really helpful I obviously don't have a chronic illness and very lucky for that piece, but like for fertility, for different things is actually Facebook groups have been very helpful in being able to find um, some of that community, that validation, that you are not crazy, you're not alone. Space yeah. can be found in those areas. And I also wanna say again, like there's there's so much more space out there that needs to be taken up from this. And we're, we're, we're really, I feel like we're letting the world down, um, especially in this age bracket. Cause I think, you know, you and I had mentioned when we first met and we're talking about 
some of our older population, which we could talk a whole podcast on what we aren't doing for our aging population as well. But that, that chronic illness, that chronic pain piece, um, there are more resources available. And I feel like we're missing that component. So it's kind of helping us to be able to get the word out and get people energized and motivated to, to get some funding and get some attention on it. Yeah, like I think like anyone you know, over 50, they're like, oh, of course that happened to you. I'm so sorry. Uh-huh. This is what my friend, are they, are they all like stories of like what's going on? And then it's like, oh, you're 30, you can't get off the couch. Well, you must be lazy. Right. I'm like, no, I'm done. I want my life back. Just want my life back. But there's no, I actually am part of um, a thyroid group that is in the US and in Canada. Oh, okay. Um, write it down though. I think it's abbreviation is like talky. It's like the, I, I don't remember. I'll find it. I'll find uh, Natalie's going to uh, find it. I will put it in the show notes. Absolutely. I always like to put websites and everything yeah. where people can find, yes. um, I'll find it later. Um, but it, yeah. they've been pretty good. Like they're sort of funny. It's all, <laughs> you just that you can tell them what your symptoms are. They're like, Oh, go ask for these tests. And there is a U.S. one and there is a Canadian one. Yes. Um, but they were really good. I had a girl who also has Hashimoto's like I mentioned to one of my friends, I'd had this diagnosis. She had someone at work who had it. This girl sent me to this group. Um, but it's one of those things too, with these group things, we're all individuals. So she did the diet changes and had no antibody change. Um, wow. so, she, so she's still struggling where I've got that part under control. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it's so hard, so yeah. hard of this chronic stuff, you know, I'm like, uh, but the, the groups are really good. Those two groups yeah. have been very, yeah. The U.S. Yeah. one, they said, no, go to Canada, get out of here. But <laughs> they've been really good. Yeah. yeah, they've been really good. It's a lot of supportive people. And it's mostly, I think, autoimmune diseases. It's like, I don't remember the exact stat, but it's like 70% of them are with women. Women get autoimmune diseases. Um, and I did actually recently listen to another podcast that said pregnancy can correct them, which is interesting. Okay, that's a, that's a side note. <laughs> this is really interesting though. So I was just having a conversation with my college roommate um, who listens to this podcast as soon as it comes out every Tuesday. So bless, bless her. Her name is Jay and she lives in Georgia. Um, uh, but I, she sent me something about, she was like, please tell me this is true. And it talks about how your body is aware that it's building things for the baby and the baby is like all of the things that it's the magic and the science of creating a human life. And so there are a number of illnesses that are cured during pregnancy because the body is, is reacting to that and being able to say like, Oh, we got to fix this because we're trying to create this human baby. Um, and it talks about like, you know, your DNA and, and the baby's DNA being intermingled and, and pieces of, you know, the baby piece of the baby stay with you. Um, and so it's funny that you said that because we were just having that conversation and it's like one of those cute little anecdotes of like, oh, the baby's still inside of me and I carry pieces of my babies with me. But it's like, but truly though, and it really can, it really, I mean, it's just a fascinating scientific thing where it's like, yes, that is something that was cured because my body we talked about not being able to trust our bodies <laughs> earlier. And, and also there are some, some things that can be positive from that as well of like pregnancy can cure that. So that would be really interesting to see how that wow. works for certain people. It's, it's wild. It, it is truly, it blows the mind. And I didn't know that it was about 70% of people with autoimmune, that it was women, awesome. but that's something that's interesting. It might even be higher. It might be higher. Um, wow. But like most of it's women and even, um, hy- so hypothyroid, which I'm dealing uh-huh. with, um, 95% of it's Hashimoto's. There is a 5% hypothyroid that isn't Hashimoto's. Uh-huh. But if you have hypothyroid and they haven't told you it's Hashimoto's, get your antibodies checked. Cause sure. Sure. you know, like definitely, um, I think it's 95% it's Hashimoto's, um, blowing my mind. Oh, see, this is some, I appreciate you taking the time to educate me. And then of course I imagine a lot of our listeners who are like 95%, who knew? Um, so yeah, well, I, I just really appreciate you, you taking the time and sharing your story with everybody. I think it's nice to have a face and a voice to these things that we hear about, or if someone is experiencing it themselves or they have a loved one who's experiencing it, sometimes it's easier to hear it from somebody else who they don't necessarily know and be like, Oh, okay. Well, Natalie was saying that maybe now I can take that back and ask my loved ones some questions or offer some support or, Hey, have you heard of the talkie Facebook group or, <laughs> um, right. So I'll make sure to put that 
in the show notes and then some other resources as well. But I just want to thank you so much um, for sharing that with us. And I was curious if there's anything, any event, charity, project, anything that you'd like to promote that the listeners can uh, can can check out. You know what? I was thinking about um, chronic illness and like you know where do we find support right now we go on instagram and i was like actually i so i'm not affiliated to these accounts at all sure, i sure. don't follow them but they're really good so um recovery love and care um she has a chronic illness she is i think she's a therapist okay. and a coach I'm like uh-huh. but great girl she shares her story all the time it's one of those things where you're going through a rough time she knows what it's like she yeah. posts about it um there's so riding there evie tombs is a paralympic and chronically ill she, she par, par, paralympics i don't know if she's gone yet she's trying to go um but para, going down that road show jumping rider at least um, paralympic hopeful girl perhaps yes yeah she's like she has spina bifida and some chronic illness and she is so positive and it's like one of those things you like she is killing it she's a really cool girl um, and she is like competing, like, and she has, oh, she has like a potassium bag she has to go around with, um, just to st- literally stay alive. She will she posts about it. Um, great. And then in terms of like feeling okay about your body, like, you know, I gained 60 pounds in six months and I have not shed all 60 pounds, um, fit fat and all that, that's more down the Hayes road, but she's good to follow. She doesn't care. And it's so real. You just need, when you're going through this stuff, you need realness. You really need it to be real. You don't need the like polished social media. You need like the, yeah, this is what I look like without makeup. I put my makeup on today, but you know, you need like the, (laughs) this is what, this is what I look like when I don't feel good. And this is what my stomach looks like. And I'm a real human being. Um, and it's nice to see. Yes. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Well, I will be sure to put those in the show notes as well. I've got them written down here. Um, again, thank you for the time. Thank you for, I honestly, I can't even imagine how long it would have been before I would have even talked about chronic illness. It's not something that I specialize in. So when you said that, I was like, Natalie. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. yeah. um, and then of course we met through Michelle, um, over at my mind body baby. So if you're not already following Michelle, please go do that as well. She was an two episodes ago and so she'll be in those show notes and then obviously i'll put it in the show notes again um so thanks everyone for taking the time to listen um please shoot me a message if you have any if you have any amazing resources for chronic illness like i said i'm not the expert in this so i'm just trying to get the word out there and and help everyone find their community and find their sources of strength and inspiration so um shoot me a message and i'd love that and as always like ted said walt said be curious not judgmental Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of Let's Discuss with Meg Duke. I'd love for you to write a review of my podcast on your app. And don't forget to subscribe so you get a notification when new content is posted. Take a moment to leave a rating too. You can follow me at Therapy by Meg on Instagram and find Meg Duke LCSW on Facebook. You can also look for Let's Discuss content by searching the hashtag Let's Discuss with Meg. Let's Discuss with Meg Duke is executive produced by David Presley and produced by Meg Duke. Our theme song was written and performed by Antoine McDuffie.